Come on, I need you to tell your sister, free looks good on you. Come on and turn to another sister and say, free looks good on you too. You may be seated. We are so honored to have you here this morning. And I have the honor of sharing a brief word with you as we go throughout this wonderful day that we're going to have on today. We thank God for life. Come on, say life. I don't know about you, but you may have had some family members and friends and loved ones who have gone on, but yet you still have life. Come on, let's thank God for life. But understand that even though everyone in this room has been blessed with life, that life at times can be intimidating. If life is intimidating, it has the potential to lead to worry, doubt, and fear. If you are intimidated, it could lead to worry, it could lead to doubt, and to fear. Years ago, I did this study that talked about how life is like a hallway. Life is like a hallway. And as you're going down this hallway, you see many doors. And so you're walking and you're seeing these doors. You're seeing these opportunities all to the left and to the right of you. And as you're walking down this hallway, you can decide whether you're going to go in the door or walk past the door. Are you going to walk totally in and see another hallway? Or are you going to walk in and walk back out? It's choices that God has given you. He's given you the opportunity to say yes and no. He's given you free will to turn left or to turn right. He's given you the free will to either say, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go forward. On Friday morning, those of you who came early, you heard several keys to freedom. You heard keys to freedom from pride, keys to freedom from depression. You've heard keys to freedom from putting limits on your life, keys to freedom from crazy mindset, all sorts of tips and keys that will help you have a free indeed experience. Our theme verse is, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So he already did it for you, but it's up to you to say, I want to accept this free indeed experience, this free indeed moment. But sometimes we don't choose the right door. Or it's a door where God is saying, this door has freedom on it, but you're afraid to, to grab the knob. I have a word for you today. That was the word, the one thing that stopped me from having a free indeed experience. It's a word that just held me hostage, held me captive from childhood all the way through adulthood. God, even though I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart at the age of, of 18, 17, almost 18 years old. So it says, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That scripture is talking about being free. Now that I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and my life, I'm free from the, from the bondage of sin. I'm free from the penalty of sin. I'm free indeed. But then there's a lot of freedom that comes with that package. 
You know how you get a gift and it's like, okay, it's just supposed to be one donut in this box, but I end up with 12. You end up with a whole lot more in the package than you even expected. And so what happened is that I had a word, a, a bondage, a stronghold that held on to me almost all throughout my childhood, through my early adult life. And that word, that thing that held me captive was fear. Come on, say fear. Fear. Fear is a distressing emotion. I don't know how many of you have distressing, distressing emotions. But fear is a distressing emotion caused by an anticipation of danger. Such as there are some people who are afraid to fly. Because they are just so afraid they're just going to fall right on out the sky. The plane's going to just drop straight down. So it's a distressing emotion caused not by the flight itself, but by the, in, the anticipation of danger. Fear. Fear is a distressing emotion caused by an anticipation of evil. Like the monster is going to come get you. The, there, there's a monster under my bed. There's a book my son wrote that it's like, it's a monster. Jeremiah, there's a monster. Jeremiah's yelling, mommy, 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 there's a monster under my bed. Fear is a distressing emotion caused by the anticipation of evil. Fear is a distressing emotion caused by the anticipation of pain. That is going to hurt. That is going to hurt. So some of you have not been to the dentist in years. Trust me, what's going to hurt more is when all your teeth fall out your head. And you're going to have to figure out a way to get it replaced. I had a family member that was just so scared of, of, of the dentist until he would never, ever go to the dentist. And by the time he was in his 50s, I think he had just like enough teeth to eat a little bit with. Fear, a distressing emotion caused by the anticipation of pain. But fear is also a distressing emotion caused by profound reverence. Like you have reverence of God. You have this tremendous respect. But some of us, we had fear. I know I had fear because of the tremendous and profound reverence I had for my mom. Certain things you didn't do because mom was going to get you. So it's not what she did, but I was afraid she was going to come after me. Now, I don't want you guys to think that's my mama, but you know, it's like, no. Fear. Come on, say fear. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. God has not given us that spirit. That's not a gift that says, hey, I have a present for you, girl. That present for you is fear. No, he has not given us the spirit of fear. But what he did give us is power. Come on, say power. power. He, what he did give us is love. Come on, say love. love. And what he did give us, which sometimes you just wonder, God did his mind work, is a sound mind. That's what he gave us. So I had to decide, what am I going to do with this thing? Fear. Fear is, and I heard this the other day. It says, fear is false evidence appearing real. Fear, F, false, E, evidence, A, appearing real. Come on, say false evidence appearing real. 
and that brings fear. I had several fear doors, and I'm going to share a few of them with you. One was family fear. Family fear. As a child, most kids want that family that's on television where you have, you have the happy mommy, and you have the happy daddy. And then, of course, I never did dream of having, being an only child. I was thrilled that I had a sister and a brother. And it's like, oh, my gosh, such a perfect little family. You got the mommy and you got the daddy. You got the sister and the brother. All you need now is a pet. You need a dog named Spot. And so I had this fear that I would not have the opportunity to have this family ideal. So I had family fears. I wondered whether I have the mommy and daddy or was I going to have the, just the mommy? Or was I going to be in one of those families where you're having fun? And I don't know about you. I was, that, I was the one who always planned the picnics, even if nobody wanted to go. And this, and then we're going to have bologna sandwiches in the picnic, in, in the basket, and we're going to have some Lay's potato chips, and we're going to have some soda, and we're going to have, and everybody's like, Diane, rest, please. But it's like, don't you want to have a picnic, and we're going to sit on the blanket, and just like they do on television, family fears. Or was I going to have the family where there's fighting, where there's substance abuse, alcoholism, which one am I going to have? Come on, say family fears. I had people fears. People fears. Your parents always tell you you better be careful because a stranger might grab you. So I'm always looking and thinking it's a stranger. So I had people fears. And then also with the people fear, I thought people always looking at me. I would go into the store and say, Ma, they're looking at me. And say, Diane, they are not. They are. They're looking at me. And then the worst one is to have somebody laughing at me. Come on, say people fears. I had public speaking fears. And every time I try to tell people that, they say, no way. Yes, way. <laughs> public speaking fears. You remember in school where you had to remember this poem? I don't know if they still do that, but everybody in the class had to, had to memorize this poem. And so you, everyone had to stand before the class and say the poem. Or you had to stand before the class and give your book report. And I would be absolutely terrified. Terrified that I was going to stand up there, get in front of all my friends and say, public speaking fears, afraid of what they're going to say afraid of even if I press past it could they see that I am terrified those who have known me for a long time know that it took me years for me for me to even hold a microphone because even though I could perform or say the speech or whatever and my face is calm the rest of my body would be a nervous wreck hands going like this knees shaking it's like I would just try to wear loose pants because my kneecaps would be shaking everything because I had people fears so for years I would say give me a mic stand and I just stand there and then they couldn't tell that I was shaking from the neck down come on say public speaking fears Fears I had was love fears. I saw the love testimonies of those before me, and they were not great. So I had a fear of heartbreak. And because I had a fear of heartbreak, I would not give my heart. It's like, you know what? The best way to avoid heartbreak 
is don't love y'all no how. So every boyfriend I had is like, yep, I like you. Next boyfriend, yep, I like you. Well, when do you go say, I love you, Diane? Yep, I like you. And it's like, she's not going to say she love you. you exactly right. Because if you dip, I'm going to say so long, bye-bye. And we're, no. Because I had love fears. Come and say love fears. I had lost fears. By lost fears, I mean that there were people very close to me that for some reason died early. I had two wonderful grandmas and one grandmother passed when I was just four years old. And I found out the other day that she had actually died at about 50, 59. I had another grandmother that I was actually named after because my name is Diane Florence. And I was named after my grandmama Florence. And she passed when I was eight. And I was absolutely devastated by her loss. And I found out the other day when I asked my sister about how old was she when she passed. And she told me she passed at 47. My God. I had a fear of loss. If that happened to my grandma, what's going to happen to my mom? And then I'm thinking, what's going to happen if it happened to my mom? My mom passed when she was 56. If that happened, I had generational curses, fears. If all those women in my family, they were godly, wonderful women. Now, they they married poorly. They married a bunch of demons. But no, I'm not going to do that. They were wonderful women of God, but yet they passed early. I had a fear that that generational thing was going to continue. So that's why for those of you who had overcome my faith, every time I have a birthday, I'm celebrating. My sister and I already beat the record. We're in our 60s. Hey, hey. and we can still move. But I had family fears. Come on, say family fears. People fears. Come on, public speaking fears. I had love fears. I had lost fears. And I had generational curses fears. So I had to make a decision. What am I going to do about all these doors of fear? Because I'm walking through life and I'm coming through these doors. And some of the doors are wonderful and I'm opening them and it's like in the blessing and this opportunity. But then I have these doors. What am I going to do with them? I had to decide to go to the word of God. So, Diane, Florence, Brian, not married to Temple yet. If the son has set you free, you should be free indeed. If the son has set you free, you already ask him to come into your heart and your life. It says that this is something you already have. You already have freedom on the inside of you. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue to keep all these fears? Are you going to be held hostage by all these fears? I had to learn that my, I had to grab hold to a key word. I had to hold on to a key word. My key word was trust. Come on, say trust. It's amazing that I had the ability to trust the chair that I was sitting in, but I could not trust God. It was amazing that I could trust the breakfast that I just got finished eating, but I was afraid to trust God. It's amazing that I can trust that my email and text messages are going to be on my phone and even when I finish talking, but yet I was afraid to trust God. So Proverbs 3 and 5 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, 
But in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I had to trust him. Come on, say trust him. It said I had to trust the Lord with all of my heart. Not just that little little surface trust. I had to trust him with all of my being. All of my heart and all of my being. I had to trust him even though I did not understand it. So I had to trust him with all of my heart. I had to trust him beyond my ability to understand because, you know, there's some biblical principles that just don't make any sense to me. You know, give and it shall be given. No, it should be if I give, I'm going to be broke. But there are certain principles. It's like I don't understand it, but Lord, I'm going to have to trust your word. Come on, say trust him. I had to trust him even enough. I had to trust him enough to submit to him. Because it's like, God, I'm going to trust you, but you know, you're asking me to do like what? Go in front of people? I remember the first time someone asked me to, to speak at their church, and it was like, I don't speak. Even though I was a school teacher, and I spoke every day before classes, and <laughs> had six classes a day, and groups of 30, and I even have a couple of my students back in the day to even go to the church. I did it all the time. It was my profession. But it's like, I don't stand in front of people and talk about something unless it's about science. But I had to trust him enough to submit to what he wanted me to do. I had to trust him also with my life path doors. I'm going down this hallway looking at all these doors. But I was afraid that when God said, okay, I know you prayed for your husband. But you prayed a specific prayer. I married no preacher. I ain't marrying nobody younger than me because, you know, I'm a school teacher. What, I'm going to marry my my students? And I ain't marrying somebody long distance. He better be around the corner because I want to know if he's straight or crazy. Those were my requirements. But I found out that God, but you know what, one of the things that I tagged on to my request before God, but I say, but you know what, God, even though you know my preferences, The ultimate preference that can overshadow everything else is your perfect will for my life. I'm going to trust you that as I'm walking down life's path, and if you give me a door that says somebody that lives in California, I may not necessarily want to turn the knob. I'll just be his friend, but I'm going to at least, you know, turn this knob and at least test this door out and see if it's you. I have to trust him. It says that he will make your path straight. For some, you're wondering, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. The key is trust him. Come and say, trust him. And sometimes while you're going down this path, he wants you to hook to the left, hook to the right, whatever. But you have to just trust him. Come and say, trust him. That was my key. Trust is having a firm belief. A firm belief that you have within you. If the sun has set you free. You can be free indeed. According to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. But what did he give us? Power. What did he give us? And what else did he give us? Sound mind. So we have to trust him. Now, do I have moments where I'm still fearful? Of course. 
I remember when my husband had gotten this opportunity to speak in Brazil, and he had gone to Brazil a couple of times already, but, you know, this time they said, we're interested in your wife coming and speaking to thousands of women in Brazil. And I said, uh, not. <laughs> not only have I never spoken with a translator, I've seen my husband do it, but not only have I never spoken with a translator, I'm not taking my first trip to Brazil talking to, you know, a whole bunch of people I, I don't know. But it's like, uh, Diane, your key, trust me. So I took my little southern country body on to Brazil. Had to practice a little bit to stop talking long enough for the translator. And it was one of the most magnificent experiences of my life. It was thousands of women in a room. It almost, the room was so big it looked like an airplane hangar. Women as far as the eye could see. And what was amazing, they looked like you guys. It was absolutely amazing. But I couldn't speak Portuguese. But it was wonderful. Was I terrified? Yes. But I've learned to do what? Trust him. I trust him with my life. I trust him with my path. I trust him with my heart. That's how I ended up with Ricky Ricardo Temple Sr. Trust him. That's the key to press past fear. As the praise team comes up, there's a series of verses. Psalm 27. And band coming up. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked comes against me, and how many of you have the wicked come after you sometimes? When the wicked comes against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fail. Though an army may encamp, encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, this I will be confident. Come on, say this. I will be confident. It says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. When you know that God got your back, you can go on and step out there. When you know God's got your back, you can go on the plane. You can go on the train. You can go wherever you want to go. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. For he has set me high upon a rock. And now my head should be lifted above my enemies all around me. Don't worry about them punk folk distressing you and bothering you and nipping at you and laughing. He, he, look at you. Look at your shoes. Look at, look at your fat. Whatever it is. Like, <laughs> God set me high on a rock. When you're sitting up high, things that when you're up close, it looks big. But when you're up high, it's that big. That girl that's stressing you, she that big. I've learned that the people hate on you and talk about you, just pray for them because they that big. God set you high on a rock. Therefore, because I'm sitting so high up on this rock, therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing. Come on, say, I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. That's why I praise him.
Because he has been with me every single step of my life. He has given me the ability to live past my mom and my grandma. He has given me the opportunity to speak to more people even beyond my mom and my grandma. What a blessing. What a blessing. So come on, ladies. We're going to celebrate his goodness. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you. We resist the spirit of fear. Come on and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, you have given us an opportunity to hear many messages about freedom. But for some of us, we have been held captive by fear. So right now, in the name of Jesus, if that's you, if you've had problems with fear, whether it's fear on your job or trying to get a promotion or fear that you're going to, that whatever is that medical diagnosis that the doctor gave you is going to take you to the grave, whatever that fear is, come on, lift those hands up as a sign of release. We release those fears right now in the name of Jesus because, Lord God, you have the final say. We trust you. Say, I trust you with my heart. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my path. I trust you with all of my being. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, we're going to seal it with the song. Come on. Come on, clap your hands. This song says, tell me who has the final say. And you say, Jehovah has the final say. Hey.